I want to go to Zechariah, the fourth chapter. I'm teaching about the Holy Spirit, and I appreciate the song Holly picked there because um, Joel prophesied in chapter 2 that uh, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh, and that happened uh, after Jesus' resurrection and uh, ascension. They gathered, about 120 gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then there was a, there was a gathering there of, of people from all over the world that spoke in so many different languages. And they each heard, uh, they heard in their own language the, the great mighty things of God. So we have a moment in our lives in this end time uh, generation where the Holy Spirit is available to us. And I am a uh, continuationist theologically, which means he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I believe that the aspects of the book of Acts and the early church are still intact for us today. And uh, Zechariah, it says in chapter 4, verse 6, uh, he says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Say that with me. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So everything God calls you to, uh, you can lean on your own abilities or you can really kind of hone in on what Zechariah is telling us. Uh, Jesus had the spirit without measure and uh, then yet the, the body of Christ has gifts that differ. And, uh, but I want you to know that uh, God, is, God has given us these precious things, these spiritual elements, uh, so that we can fight the good fight of faith, and so that we can be equipped and be illuminated, be aided in everything God's called us to do. So it's not by might, it's not by human power, it's you know, I'm fascinated by the heart and the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, the uh, stomach, the intestines, all the stuff in our systems, fascinating, reproductive systems, joints, elbows, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, eyeballs we can see with, you know. And, uh, but boy, I was listening to a guy named Huberman, and he uh, was talking about the brain. He's a neuroscientist. You know, I've had friendships with neuroscientists. I got to lead one of the premier neuroscientists at UCLA to the Lord, a Jewish man who practiced Buddhism for 30-plus years. Um, his family on both sides were in the Holocaust in, in uh, uh, Auschwitz and Dachau, both of those places. So uh, he had quite a bit of life history and uh, came to the meetings over and over again. Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz, he, he literally wrote the book on uh, OCD. In fact, he taught um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio how to play Howard Hughes in the Aviator film that Martin Scorsese put together. So he was teaching him the mannerisms and the kind of the aspects of what uh, Howard Hughes had experienced with that bad condition. And he would come to our meetings and uh, he'd hear the word and God was opening up the eyes of his understanding. The gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the, to the Greek. 
And um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul said that to the Romans. And uh, because it's the power of God, it's, it's mighty. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit will help all of us. So, you know, uh, here comes this genius man. And he comes into these meetings. And I'm preaching the way I preach. But God used it. So it wasn't by might and it wasn't by power, but it was by his spirit. And the Holy Spirit was doing a work on this man's life. And I just stood back and I was fascinated. We would stand at these kinds of bistro tables at our venue there in Los Angeles and uh, we would chat. And I, I'd say, well, he's, I would say, is Jesus in your heart? He said, not yet. And then he said, close. And I just didn't want to bother him, but he kept coming and he gave his life to the Lord. And he actually wrote Third Tuesday in his will. And I said, man, you're not going to go dying on me. He goes, hey, I've got a lot of enemies. You know, he doesn't. But anyway, he was trying to be funny, you know. I didn't think it was funny, but you did. You were laughing. Wherever Jeff Schwartz is, God bless you, brother. He's been here to the church, and I pray blessing on him. Yeah, I love that guy. But I would start a conversation with him, and then I'd just step back and let him rip. And I could get about, oh, I want to say 85%, but it was probably more like 60%. And um, the Bible says, even a fool, when he's silent, is regarded as wise. So sometimes you just shut up and go, hmm, hmm, you know. And uh, just listening to his uh, viewpoints and his ideas. And he talked about the, the helper, the Holy Spirit. He got really big on that as a neuroscientist. And he got insight into how the Holy Spirit helps people, helps us out of problems, and into vitality and victory. Isn't that great? And I just thought I should share that. Verse 7 says, What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now what's being said here is prophetic from the prophet Zechariah to a leader named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is in a moment where he has to provide leadership and God is assuring him that he's going to supply the power of the Holy Spirit to help him with his task. Patsy Caminetti preached here years ago and she preached the first few verses of this chapter about the oil and the lamps and the olive trees and she broke down how basically that's talking about reliance on God. Let me just tell you something, you're called to something. Listen up to what I'm saying. You're called to something, and the Holy Spirit will help you walk it out. (laughs) You're called to raise that little strong-willed child, and God will help you to raise that child up. Her name is Evangeline. Hallelujah. You can hear her voice is preparing to preach the gospel to all the earth. He pour out his spirit on his bondservants and his handmaidens. We pray that God will pour out his spirit on that little handmaiden, strong-willed child that she is. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. I call her Patsy as a baby. What are you, O great mountain? And I want to say this to you. What obstacles are you facing? What hassles have you had to endure? What kind of garbage got dished out to you that you didn't you know, sign up for, you know? A lot of us have dealt with stuff from our childhood we didn't have a whole lot of control over. Um, And instead of staying stuck, we can look 
to and trust in God. And actually, we're invited here to shout grace, grace to the mountains, which Jesus reiterated in Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter, verse 23. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. So I want to encourage you to speak to your mountains. Speak to your situations. You get a diagnosis that's kind of freaky, you say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. You have somebody rear up on you, you say, God, uh, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, you make even your enemies to be at peace with him. So you stand... You know, Psalm 512, the Lord will bless the righteous man, will surround him with favor as with a shield. You know, uh, it's important that we understand how good God is in today's life and situations in in our journey. They certainly needed to have a handle on where God was taking them. And Zerubbabel, I remember Marilyn Hickey talked about Zerubbabel. She's still preaching. I think she's probably in her 90s now, maybe. And uh, she taught, she, we talked about Zerubbabel, and she said his name, it meant, I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not really sure where I'm coming from. I'm not sure where I'm going. I'm kind of in a kind of an interesting situation. She saw that in some of the aspects of the Hebrew. And, uh, you know, he just had a sense uh, that something mighty was up ahead for him. And so the prophet is telling him, hey, look, uh, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit. And, um, you know, we could have great uh, skills and great gifts, like Dr. Jeff Schwartz. He is very intelligent, highly educated, well-trained. But as he walked closely with the Lord, he realized, I need the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And... um, and it, it opened up even new things to him. It opened up uh, uh, more understanding to him. When we, when we did jump for all those years, I'd get emotional when I would look at the children. I would think, they're in this room, our future research scientists. Remember all the times I said that? That kept coming up in my spirit every year, every year. And I don't know if it's because we live by Barnes Jewish and Wash U and there's all kinds of state-of-the-art uh, study and development here and research here, but I I don't know about you, but I want to see Alzheimer's kicked. I want to see cancer healed. I want to see heart condition. I want to see people live to be super old. And uh, Steve uh, Clayman's mom just almost made it to 97. And he was taking her to the dollar store. She came to the Christmas production. Did you bring her to the Christmas production? And a wonderful Jewish lady. And um, uh, she was, she lost her sight in the last few weeks, and she she told Steve she just she just wanted to die, and so she was ready, and uh, Steve said, you know, I, I believe she believed, you know, she she certainly Steve has he was he was uh, on our trip to to Jerusalem. We were in Israel in 1978 in their their 30th uh, year independence. I mean, now it's up to 70, I think, but uh, so many decades ago we were all there together. And um, so God's there. To, there's Steve right there. God's ministering love to him. And, uh, you know, the gospel's the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If you're a research scientist in here, I pray the Holy Spirit moves on you and rouses you 
to get new insights that you've never had before. Parents need this. People stepping out in ministry need this. Everybody needs the Holy Spirit. Everybody needs the Holy Spirit. Our marriages need the Holy Spirit. Our work performance needs the Holy Spirit. And, and I pray the Holy Spirit stirs on you and ministers to you, and you get it, and you get something from God. You get that anointing on your prayer time or, you know, Holly gets up to lead worship. Scott plays the drums. I mean, he works, you know, I don't know how many hours a week, and then he and Dale come in here, and they're the, the rhythm section, you know, uh, you know, I love it. I mean, they were playing during the Christmas production, and I was on the other side of the stage, and I could just feel the waves of anointing coming off of it. You know, that's the, the anointing is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that makes things different than they would have been had you not had them. That's good. And um, listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. And the New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, New Living Translation says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Let love be your highest goal. Walk in love, be tolerant, be merciful, be kind, stay with it, be generous in love, but also keep your faith out for the operation and manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 itemizes nine gifts of the Spirit. And it says that God gives varieties of gifts and ministries and effects, uh, but he, and he works all things in all persons. But in each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of knowledge, the other the, the or word of wisdom, the other the word of knowledge, to another special kind of faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the spirit, to another effecting or working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Everybody say, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit is poured out and available to all of us. And so we can tap into him. You know, Dale said he had a conference call after the Christmas production, and he said he might delay it. Did you delay it, or did you end up doing it? You did it, didn't did you? At 8 o'clock? Is it 8 o'clock? Yeah, and you can invite the Holy Spirit on a conference call, and he will give you wisdom. He'll bump it up where he, he'll, give you, he'll give you a perspective. And um, God wants us to be spirit-taught, spirit-led, and spirit-empowered. And he is available. And when he was telling Zerubbabel, he said, look, you speak to your mountains and command them to be removed. God's going to use you. And he said, who has despised the day of small things? And uh, he, he said, everything starts with just a little seed. And then he said, the hand that laid the foundation will complete it. So Jesus, being the author and the finisher of our faith, wants us to make love our primary goal, but also make it our aim to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. 
the word in Greek is zelo. That's where we get the word zealous. And it says to have warmth or feeling about. We ought to have some passion and develop a clear spiritual goal for 2024, going into the new year, facing off with what lies ahead, and trusting God for inspiration, revelation, illumination. Now, how many of you are parents in here? Let me see your hand if you're parents. Man, I have you on my heart. And I just pray God gives you so much wisdom. He gives you so much fine-tuned detail that's beyond your own natural perception. You'll see things in your kids. You'll be able to recognize patterns and strengths and so forth. You'll have parent-teacher conferences, and they'll, they'll tell you what they think the, the observed aptitudes are. They'll take tests, and they'll thrive in some things and maybe not be as strong in other things. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will help you to raise your kids. The Holy Spirit will help you with your adult kids. He'll help you, and you just continue to rely on him through the whole course of your days. And when we're in heaven, we're going to be around the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be glad we didn't grieve him or quench him, and that we actually grew to not ignore him, but to, to actually come to understand him. Let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. That's what it says in the New American Standard. King James says ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. Another translation says uninformed. And yet another one says, I don't want you to be without teaching. So I'm up here teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I'm up here teaching about the anointing, about the potential God has for each one of you. And it's important for us to pray about everything we do in life. It's important for us to fast and pray whenever we're at a juncture of opportunity. Steve Kowalik talked about how great opportunities are. Opportunities are awesome, but not all of them are God. So we've got to make sure when we reach the fork in a road, we've got to go before the Lord. We've got to check out the word. Uh, you know, let me tell you something. One time... Uh, a, a minister that I love and, 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 ha and have a great relationship with uh, encouraged me, hey, why don't you go buy that, that, uh, that ice skating rink across the highway? And it kind of fit with a vision I had about some land and a building for the future when we were just renting this place. So, you know, I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a shot. So I met the owner. He was actually selling it. And I met with him. He's a nice guy. And he, you know, he was actually trying to create a bidding war. And, uh, but you know that God supplied the down payment for us for a building that he didn't even intend for us to buy? Because faith works. God gave us probably, I don't know, enough for the, like 20, 25% of it. And uh, so we had, I mean, it came in. And now, see, if I had been taught incorrectly, I would have thought that that was a sign that we should buy it. But I was taught not to base my conclusions on sensory reinforcement or the flesh or even that the money's there. Or even if there are people are the tail is wagging the dog and pushing to make you do it. Or even if our sweet brother is exhorting me to go check it out. You know, all of that was fine, 
but ultimately the counsel of the Lord, it shall stand. That's why we need to really make sure we're hearing from God. And that's why we don't just flippantly whip out and just do whatever we feel like doing. I remember a guy that got up one morning and said, man, God told me he was going to do something great. He told me to start a church. Well, he was never called to start a church. And the outcome of it was terrible. And I just watched it all unfold. And it was like, you got to make sure you're hearing from God. But I'm not saying that to be overly cautious or paranoid. I'm just saying we've got to, concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, be perceptive and strengthen and sharpen our, our, our perceptions. Since it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, let's just do it God's way, right? And so uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 2 in the New Living Translation, he said, you were led astray and swept along uh, by so many, when you were pagans, he said, uh, you were you were led astray by by mute by mute idols, but the, the New Living it says you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray. Everybody say led astray, and swept along. Everybody say swept along, and, and they were worshiping speechless idols. So he, he's he's reminding the Corinthians, man, you guys, you got to calibrate now that you have the true spirit of God. You got to forget the patterns of when you were pagans. And that reminds me of a verse in Ephesians chapter 5. So let's just, just get, if you have your Bibles with you, just, just flip over to this. Ephesians chapter, no, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 17. And I'm going to read this again in the New Living. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Ephesians, I'm, was it 5, 17? 4.17. Yeah, I'm right. 4.17. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was right, but I said it wrong, but I was right. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a husband that you know, Patsy? With the Lord's authority, Paul said, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, as they are hopelessly confused. The New American says that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Now listen to Huberman, who is a very well-educated and adept communicator and, uh, you know, a neuroscientist. You know, it, it takes years and years of study to develop understanding of the brain. In their case, it is, it is brain surgery, you know. So, uh, but he's talking about, I'm just, I just, somebody just, I, I saw this. He's reading his Bible all the way through, you know, and he, he believes in God. God is, God, there's a revolution occurring. Not all scientists are believers. Some are agnostics, some are atheists. But there is a movement now of the Holy Spirit. I noticed this during the Christmas production. And I told uh, my pastor, one of my pastor friends out of town. It just, people wanted Jesus. There was an open door and a receptivity. And um, God is doing something in the earth. So this is why I'm teaching and so that we're not led astray and swept along, and we're also not leaning on our own understanding, the New Living says, uh, uh, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, they, and they wander uh, far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. So we are admonished 
can I say it this way, to sensitize ourselves to uh, and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and not grow dull. Right? Does that make sense? So we got to pray about everything. So look, a minister advises me to buy the hockey rink, and I have this vision about land adjoining it, and somebody else told me that the Baxter Road was going to extend and there was going to be a bridge across the 40, and I'm living this dream in my head, and I had to lay it down because none of it was coming to pass. I, I focused on something, and it was something, and it's good to do that. You know, you lift up your eyes and you get ideas, and you seek God about it. And as it turned out, that really wasn't the way God was leading me. But God was leading me for this. I'll back up a little bit. T.L. Osborne was an amazing pioneer evangelist. He preached the gospel in the nations, he would rent bullfighting rings in Cuba before the revolution, and he would have crowds and crowds of people. He sowed the gospel. He had a sensitivity about going into nations before they closed. And uh, he would have huge, large crowds. And, he, and because he couldn't lay hands on the sick, because there were so many, hundreds of thousands of people, he just would pray prayers of faith in mass. And s- supernatural things would take place. My wife and I would listen to 12-inch records of their meetings and nations. And, and you could hear people crying out and getting saved, getting heal, healing testimonies, and it inspired me. And um, I, I, la- I latched onto that, and I, th- and, and I thought, that, that's an example of what in- it, in- it interested me on how we could reach more souls like that. So um, I was... Uh, I had served at a church, and then I, I was doing a retreat in Colorado, and something like 35 kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And while I was there, my wife called me because she was at home with uh, one of our young children, or our, all of our kids, but a, a young, we had a young one at the time. Taylor was a young baby. And um, young, yeah. And uh, my wife said, hey, T.L. Osborne wants to talk to you. And uh, and they because I didn't even have a cell phone then, so it went to their camp phone, and then the camp people went and got me, and and it was like he he wants to meet with you, and so and he he was in Nova Scotia, and Daisy was in uh, in Costa Rica, and they at the same time they were thinking about you guys, and they want you to come fly to Tulsa. So uh, we went there, and he he uh, offered me a job, and um, it was you know it, what was really interesting is I prayed. I misprayed a prayer that I would get to work with T.L. Osborne. And I misprayed a prayer. And God, and, and it was actually, I had the opportunity, but it, real, it really wasn't God. Because when I got there and, I, and the, op, the offer was made, he said, I spoke with Oral Roberts about you. You have total access to the campus and all the TV equipment. And this was in the 1980s. And I looked all so amazing and even what I had aspired to but it wasn't God it looked great but it wasn't God and so the reason I'm teaching what I'm so so I, I politely bowed out and he he said hey we're still friends and it's all great and we were we continue he came and preached here and we were great we, we talked to each other we ran into each other often or not often but when we did it was just wonderful and uh, had I gone that route, it wouldn't have been God. God wanted me to, 
put on my seatbelt and build St. Louis Family Church from the ground up. Well, I mean, that's what God wanted me to do. And uh, I, had other, I had other feelings about things and other opportunities came. And this is what I want to say to you. Listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit from this point on, from now on. And all that glitters is not gold. And all opportunities uh, are not necessarily God's best for you. So we need to lean on and trust in the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Like, uh, I remember your husband passed some tests and uh, it was before you were married, I think. And he, because he passed some tests that were very difficult for people to pass, a very small percentage of people could even pass these tests, he started to pursue a career. And, and, uh, and I remember his parents asked me to pray. Well, as soon as his parents asked me to pray, man, the, the gifts started operating. Until then, I was excluded. But when they tapped into the gift, man, the gift kicked in. And I had a, either a dream or a vision of him, and it was, it was a grim situation. And so I stepped in. Did you ever even know this? You know about this? And uh, they had already started training him. They put like $30,000 into his training and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I just had a check in my spirit. And so I told him because they asked. And I wasn't like trying to override his agenda or override his career track. It's just when they tapped into the, I mean, I remember standing in that, that airlock over there and just saying, the, the, don't do it. And he went, well, but I, you know, and, he, and he's had some rationale. And, um, but yet, God delivered him. It was intense. It was intense. If I told the details, it would blow your mind. But God tells details if we'll listen. And um, so we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And, and when I was young, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, you're going to be plagued with opportunity. So you're going to have to really figure out which is my best. And we were. I remember when I got out of Bible school, I had five, I had accumulated five options. And I just was driving from a hospital visit in Kirkwood. And I was driving down Big Bend, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, okay, you can be encouraged that you're wanted, but don't ever do this again. Don't ever accumulate these like a, like a, to build them up. Deal with them one at a time. Pray about it. Get the mind of God on it, and don't, don't accumulate these things again. So I said, okay. So, uh, so I went, took a breath and thought, hey, I've got opportunities, and then... I went through the list, and none of them were God. None of them were God. All five of them, none of them were God. And um, there were some pretty amazing opportunities. But we got to fend those things off in order to hear from God to identify where God's planted us and placed us in the body. And I would encourage you to read all of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 over and over again the next few weeks. Because 1 Corinthians 12 talks about things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit and itemizes the gifts. Then it talks about ministry gifts. And then it talks about the love walk, which we're to desire earnestly 
spiritual gifts, but we need to aspire to walk in love. That's how we're going to get this done. The world is, because lawlessness has increased, many people's love will grow cold. Have you noticed, even in the heartland that's supposed to be golden rulish, it's cold, man. I mean, I, I, I used to walk by people and they nod and say hi. Now nobody even looks at each other. It's an intense moment, but not so in the church. We've got to be, got to be enthusiastically sensitive and loving, right? And not empathetic in a way where we're just always feeding off everybody else's feelings, but we need to have empathy where we're sensitive to and aware of the, the, the condition of things all around us and be like praying machines. When you get in your car, your car is a praise mobile and you are a praying machine and you are just driving around praying over everything and everybody. When you're watching TV, you're praying over the news. You're praying about everything and everybody. I just prayed for a government leader that I do not like. And I felt like they're hopeless in terms of getting saved. And God was like, no, pray for them to get saved. So I did. Uh, I don't like them. I don't like what they're doing. But God wanted me to pray for them. How about that? That's like Jonah. who didn't want to go to Nineveh, but he did anyway. So we've got to... It's better to be willing and obedient. Everybody smile at each other. All right. So Ephesians 4.14 in the New Living Translation talks about how they were led and swept away, those guys in the Corinthian church, the church at Ephesus too. Ephesians 4.14 in the New Living Translation says, Then we will no longer be immature children. Uh, We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Remember, Satan appears as an angel of light. He is wicked. And we need discernment. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says... Uh, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So we need to be cognizant of and aware of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Everybody raise one hand, put one hand on your heart, and say, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. See, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his Spirit. So now look, a, a minister, actually if I told you who it was that told me to buy the... the uh, ice arena, you would think, well, was he prophesying to you? No, it wasn't really a prophetic word. And, uh, I, and, but yet I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just go check it out. And uh, you consider the field before you buy it. You would buy it. So we went to check it out, and um, we were not the highest bidder. It got bought by another hockey arena, and then they moved that down the street, and they tore it down, and now it's a golf place. And if I had tried to buy that, we'd be stuck with no parking and no access. Because we kept hearing for decades that they were going to do this Baxter extension. Remember that? Over, they talked about it like it was going to happen any minute. But it's, uh, it's in a development loop. It's, it hasn't happened. So in the meantime, God wanted us to, culture, to cultivate and develop life here and expand on this footprint. Right? And... Uh, you know, to say no to T.L. Osborne would be like saying no to Reinhard Bonnke. 
um, you know, and uh, and I said no. I said no, and I had I had misprayed prayers before, so I, I know I'm preaching to some people here right now. Some of you, it's going right over your head, but it will actually be pertinent for you before too long. But for some of you, this is white hot right off the press. Take what your all your options and man fast and pray about it. In fact, I'll tell you this: fasting puts you in a sensitized position before God that is really helpful for your processing of how to interpret the will of God. It sensitizes you. Fasting isn't like a hunger strike that makes God react to it. God's like, oh, I better do something for them because he's starving. You know, God is like, that doesn't move him. What moves God is faith, hope, and love. That's That's what he wants us to engage with. That and so we bring our faith to him. But I would say, fast and pray. You know, this sweet couple up here, they got engaged on uh, the last night of the, uh, they played Mary and Joseph. And then, uh, then Joseph got betrothed to Mary, right in front of everybody. It was awesome, right? I love it. Stand up. I think it's great. Isn't that great? And they've been... They've been courting for a while. They're not being impulsive. It's not like 10 minutes ago, like, you know, at the practice, it, you know, they, they saw each other and it's like, let's get married, dude. They didn't do that. They've been seeking God about it. And so now they fast and pray. David Carter and Olivia, they're seeking God. All kinds of people are getting married. A bunch of people having babies. This is like a youth church. But we had a lunch on Thursday that, you know, we had people, at, we had a lady named Mrs. Young who's going to be 100 years old next month. And my wife said, well, that's why you're living to be 100, because you keep confessing how you're Mrs. Young. <laughs> so we changed our last name, Pastor and Patsy and Jeff Young. Thank you. My daughter's laughing over there. Um, So here's what I want to say to you. God created us. The devil tempted us. God promised deliverance. God made covenants with us. God gave the law to us. God spoke through the law and the prophets to us. And then unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And then he poured out the Holy Spirit. And by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, he was revealed in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. So God brings us into the new birth and renews us back to God. Then he continues to renew us. We can continually offer up you know, on a daily basis, commitment, restoration of our commitments. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We can renew our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, present our body a living sacrifice to God, and then also not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's what's happening tonight. When Zechariah prophesied to Zerubbabel and it was recorded and now brought to our Bibles, he said, it's not by might, 
It's not by power. It's by his spirit. Even looking back and thinking about T.L. Osborne talking to Oral Roberts about us, about it, he getting it in his spirit in Nova Scotia and she getting us in her spirit in Costa Rica when they were, they were both preaching different meetings at the same time. It all looked like it was a um, confirmation. And this happens a lot in the spirit-filled church. People pick those things as indicators that it's God's will to do stuff, and we have got to listen to the Holy Spirit. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You're going to get opportunities. People are going to offer you, offer you things. They're going to say things to you, and you're going to have to say, okay, I just need to hear from God. Buy a little bit of time. Uh, uh, where it says the man that hate, makes haste with his feet errs. So we have, we that tend toward impulsivity, we've got to go, wait a minute. We who tend toward procrastination, we need to get a move on. Right? Isn't that good? The same Holy Spirit will help the procrastinators to quit putting it off, and he'll help the pushy people to back off a little bit. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit will do that? I'm done. Let's all stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. So the guy that was going to go get that job, God had a beautiful wife around the corner for him and kids and a cool house and a, and a better job. And uh, if, if I told you what I saw, boy, it's good he didn't push past that. And if I had gone and worked for TL, it wouldn't have worked out because it wasn't God's will. And in my mind, I was pushing. Well, this is what I think it's going to be. And the Lord was saying, that's not, that's not me. I'm not, it, right? Isn't that amazing? And I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. And he, will, he, he uses the power of suggestion and tries to manipulate. That's why we need discerning of spirits and word of knowledge. And we need that inward witness. And, and we need to learn how to listen to that still, small voice. There are amazing opportunities up ahead for you. There are decisions that you're going to have to make. There are responsibilities God's going to give you. You know, I was talking with Steve Sossman at the luncheon, and he said, can I tell you a testimony for a minute? And he said, I had this guy's name that came to me from 20 years ago, 40 years ago. And he was at a mall, and he ran into a guy that he recognized, and it was that guy. And he hadn't seen him for 40 years. See, 40 years is better than 20 years by double. <laughs> yeah, they traded trucks. It was a Tacoma. What did you have? And he had a Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. So he's laying in bed and he's remembering the truck from 40 years ago and then he remembered the guy's name and it came up in his, in his radar and then he runs into him at the mall and preaches the gospel to him and he's really receptive. So that, that's cool. 
And I'll tell you, Steve was over on this, he was sitting over here a few years ago, and he, and he had a heart situation. He drove himself over to the, to the fire department. They gave him, see, I, they, I don't know, they, they, they got you in an ambulance, took you to the hospital, and it saved his life. And so, and that was before he retired, and now God has, God has such amazing things that he has planned for you. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. He's preparing things for you. The people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You're you're being fine-tuned. You're being adjusted. And you know, you're coming here, you've got ladies' night out, or where do you go? You go to church on Friday night. Your husband's got the kids. You get to have your, and you get to come. And that Holy Spirit that, that moved on that, he, he's moving on you again and again and again and again. And there's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. And um, the Lord's given you a breakthrough in the next few months, the next three months, uh, on, on, a, on a super high level. That's for you. And uh, listen, um, again, not all that glitters is gold, except uh, Scott McNew's uh, King Scott <laughs> necklace. You guys need to get one of those. Scott, Dale, Aaron, David, Holly. Holly's got some bling already. She's sparkly already. But The people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Not every opportunity uh, ends up being the Lord. So you got to pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Uh, and, and, and just... Do you know how I know there's more for you to do? Because you're still alive. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're still alive. There's more for you to do, right? There's more for you to do. Long life, he satisfies you. He's got his anointing on you. He'll sustain you. He'll keep you strong. He'll help your thinking, help you feel better. Everybody say this with me. By my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have more game in me. He is the strength of my life because Jesus lives big in me. I I know there's a purpose and God's purpose shall surely come to pass. In Jesus' name. So, Get ready. I believe you're going to see some, uh, how's the, the King James calls it quickening, where uh, he's going to prompt you. He's going to, they're, they're going to, there'll be things that previously you didn't understand. He's going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Boom! You're going to get insights on things. You're going to get insights on some things with work, about some people. And it's, and it's been bugging you. It's been befuddling to you. But then the Lord will give you a quickening on it. And, uh, and you'll just know what to do. And uh, even Zechariah, no, wait, it was Zerubbabel. No, it was Jehoshaphat. (laughs) I'm mixing up my Hebrew names. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. 
And so we get our eyes on Jesus. Let's look up to him. Let's sing how great is our God one more time, Holly. And let's just affirm that, affirm that tonight.